The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey, everybody. What's happening? This is G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. A uh, little bit, little bit of stuff going on with the Phillies. Just a little bit. Uh, they, they may or may not have made some moves this week. Uh, and I'm joined this week by Elliot Shortparks from GCob.com. Elliot, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing today, Micah? I can't complain. I can't complain. <laughs> although, although some people in Philly are complaining because I don't know if you heard this, Elliot, but the Phillies traded for Roy Halladay. It's when true. did this happen? When did when did, when did yeah, this I happen? <laughs> I just I just now saw it myself. It turns yeah. out they traded for him, and he's supposed to be pretty good. Um, yeah. But now now you think you would think you would think okay, Philly gets Roy Halladay. He's the guy they wanted last year. The guy everybody wanted. Go get Halladay. So they weren't able to get him last year. I think uh, Ricciardi was being a you know a little bit uh, ridiculous in his trade demands. But at the same time, you're asking for Roy Halladay. So mm-hmm. what's really ridiculous? I mean, you're, you're getting maybe the best pitcher in baseball. And so they end up getting Cliff Lee, and Cliff Lee, for the most part, until he, he slipped a little in September, but who cares? They had a six-game lead, and uh, obviously he went on to just be lights out in the postseason. And you wonder, what if they had gotten Halliday? What would he have done better? There really wasn't right. much. I mean, Lee was everything you possibly could have hoped for. So now they get Halliday. But here's the problem. They give up Lee. And right. I think when we first heard about the deal – when the rumors first started to surface, you're like, oh, it's kind of a, they got to make it happen so that they can get Halliday. That's not exactly the case. It turns out, you know, that they kind of did have to do that, but they didn't really have to, uh, they didn't really have to make in order to get, right. in order to send prospects to Toronto. They're actually two separate deals. Right. And it turns out, rumor models as well, it's a baseball decision. We had to replenish the farm. And are you buying any of that? Well, I mean, I think that obviously the key reason was financial. I mean, you can they can try to spin it any way they want, but you right. know, 140 million dollar payroll, Cliff Lee and Roy Halladay on the same team, you're going to go over that. And I also think that maybe Ruben Amaro's trying to hide the fact a little bit that had he not given Jamie Moyer a two year deal, we're not still paying him. Cliff Lee's still on this roster, so I think there was a lot of motives behind it. Because if you're going to make the deal and you're going to include Drayback. You know what I mean? Why not just do it at the trade deadline? You know, why, why wait until this summer when last year the, it seemed like the key uh, sticking point in the deal was uh, including Kyle Drabeck, and that was the reason Amara wouldn't do it. And now all of a sudden, not only do you t- trade Drabeck, you also trade Cliff Lee. So, you know, it yeah, seems that's, um, like... Uh, not making a lot of people happy. No. 
And, you know, a lot of the fans uh, at the trade deadline were screaming, trade Dre back, this is a team that's going to win now. And a lot of the same people, if you listen and you talk to people, are upset that Dre Beck was included in the deal. So it seems like people really yeah, have a differing just, opinion. I think everyone just wants to complain. Yeah, well, this is Philadelphia. Yeah, you know so you know, and, and and obviously nobody wanted to see Lee go because in theory, you know, how are they Lee Hamill's hap? Come on, I mean, that, you're you're getting into don't even play the game territory. Uh, yeah, you know, just right. give them the division. That's just insane. But like you said, it is a money deal, and not just Moyer. They couldn't move Blanton either. Understandable. Who, who would want Moyer? Who would you know? Blanton, sure, fine, but he's kind of overpaid. You know, well, I think he did build out a rotation nicely. Wins last year. What's that? He did, he did actually lead the team in wins last year, so that's a pretty good person to have as your fifth starter going into the season to lead him. No, Blanton was he's good, he's not great, but I, I like him filling out the rotation. But if they were able to move him, they could have saved some of that money and possibly saved Cliff Lee. And I don't know if you saw today. Lee's pissed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's hot. Yeah. Uh, he feels like you know they just took the rug out from under him. You know, the, the Phillies made an offer. Uh, it was a very preliminary talk. The Phillies make an offer. They make a counteroffer, you're traded. Yep. <laughs> and do you think they did him dirty? Do you think, you know, because when he asked two days ago, you know, about these rumors, his agent asked, they said, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. No, there's nothing to it. you think they, they right. did him a little dirty? Well, I mean, I don't know, because at the same time you hear reports that he was going to want a six-year deal, that he was going to want, you know, to be paid like one of the top pitchers in the game, which he did pitch as for the postseason most of his time in Philadelphia. But, I mean, also you have to remember, I think it was two years ago he had been sent down to the minors with his time with the Indians. So, you know, if you're going to pay somebody that amount of money for a long-term deal, you're going to want to go with Holiday, who's been one of the most consistent pitchers. So you can't really blame Amaro for uh, wanting to give the money to Holiday over Lee, and that's really just what it comes down to. I mean, well, and, and it's also not only did they give the money to Holiday – they essentially got kind of a discount when you consider, I mean, $20 million a year, sure, that's a ton of money. For Halliday's, right. for Halliday's talent, that's not necessarily full market price. And they got him with a three-year extension. So they got him for this year, minus, you know, and another three years with a vested right. option after that. A lot of these pitchers, want, they want the six-, seven-year deal. Right, I, I mean, think that's what, that's what Lee wanted, and that's what the Phillies weren't willing to give. And if you're going to make demand... You know, I mean, you have to stick to him, and that's what happens. Now he's pitching in Seattle. So, you know, man, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, and he's clearly not happy about it. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be either. You go from a team where you just went to the World Series, now they've got Halliday, and you can say, oh, my God, we're going to dominate everybody. He's not going to a bad team in Seattle. No, uh, they I mean, signed, he'll be the number two starter. Sean I'm sorry. They, they signed Sean Siggins. they still got King Felix out there. You know, and when you consider how bad Anaheim has just been getting brutalized this offseason, right. they lost Lackey. I mean, they lost Figgins. Uh, I don't, you know, they're, they're signing, what's his name? The Matt Suey for, you know, the, the right. Angels have been hit hard. So you look yeah. at that, that division as a winnable division. So the good news is for Lee, he's going to go pitch in a pitcher's park. He has a chance to really put up some big numbers and, uh, and hit the free agent market, you know, after that. And, you know, maybe he does get his deal, you know? We also have to think, I mean, his value is probably never going to be higher than it is right now. I mean, coming off his performance in the World Series, you'd have to think from his point of view, I mean, you'd have to wonder what type of performance he'll have to do in Seattle to demand the type of money he's going to want. You have to think that maybe he should have just taken what the Phillies offered him. Granted, we don't know what that is, but 
you know, coming off of that performance, I can't imagine his value being any higher than it is right now. No, and that's probably true, and uh, and he knows that, and I'm sure he wanted to get a deal done now. But here's the thing, too, and, and you know, you listen to local sports talk radio, which is always a dangerous thing, and mm-hmm. you still get the people complaining about, oh, it's about the money, it's about the money. Yeah, it is, and you can't really complain about that. The payroll right now is they, they can't do much more than 140. The Red Sox right. are between 130 and 140. You know, nobody, the Yankees are the Yankees. They're over 200. Nobody else can live like that. And it, it, you say, oh, well, it's just one year. They can make it up. No, they can't. There's a, there's a limit on what they can make. And what was it, four or five years ago, this team's payroll was about $85 million, 90. Right. And that was still right. toward the top in the league. The only right. reason they've been able to even spend 140 is because they've won so much. And that's part of the reason they got the discount on Holiday, because I think, you know, a partial discount, $20 million, I mean, come on, uh, is because he wants to win. This is a guy that, that's never pitched in the playoffs. And you have to remember, you know, Worth comes due after this year. You know, Madsen comes due. What, what do you think they're going to have to pay Ryan Howard to keep him? Well, you know, they have a lot of talent. This is what happens. You play. can't keep everybody. Right. And I mean... Yeah, no, I agree. And the thing is, you always hear the fans talk about um, if, if we would win one championship, we'll give we'll give away four or five seasons of being in the gutter just to win that first one. And I mean, this is what happens when you win a championship; everyone starts to want more. And the truth is, if by trading, by making the Roy Holiday trade, we were completely gutting our farm system. And unless you want to go back to those teams like we were back in the days with Scott Rowland and. You know, Bobby Abreu, you need a strong farm system. And it might not be the popular move, but, you know, it's what Omaro has to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, G and I talked about this last week because the Phillies are really in a unique position, certainly, you know, in my lifetime. Uh, You just don't see this. Not only have they had the payroll, uh, you know, the ability to spend a couple bucks, they've got the farm system to make these deals. If you want to look up north, up 95, and look at the Mets, the Mets can't do anything. They're not in the holiday suite state. They've got no farm system. How do we know? We all know because the entire AAA team was on display last year at the major league level, and they were awful. They don't right. have the farm system. They had, did not have the prospects. So the Phillies were in a unique position of being one of the haves in terms of being able to spend a couple bucks, and they did a good job with this farm system. They had the prospects to move for Lee, and they had the, pro- the prospects to move for Halliday. And that is that's a rare occurrence around here, and I think some of the younger people need to take notice. You know, for some of the people that have watched this team just be lousy year after year after year, this is this is a rare, rare thing, and Phillies fans need to enjoy it. I mean, this is this doesn't happen every day. You, know, no, you could be the Mets, who are offering. I, mean, also, <laughs> I don't know. If you, I don't know if you've kept an eye on the Mets at all. They're offering Jason Bay. They're going to get Jason Bay, and that's their big acquisition. Well, after Johan Santana, I really don't know what they're going to do with their pitching. I mean, do you think this division is even worth discussing this year? I mean, there's no way the Phillies, barring some catastrophic injury to multiple players, don't win the division for a fourth year in a row. I, I, just, I don't see it. I mean, every year it seems like the Braves start out strong, then they fade off, the, the Marlins maybe. But really, this is the Phillies' division to lose. And maybe maybe Amaro knows that and part of his thinking that, he, you know, he doesn't need Cliff Lee and Roy Holiday to even really make it back to the World Series. I mean, who in the National League, other than maybe the Dodgers, can compete with the Phillies, barring maybe the Cardinals? Yeah, I was going to say, the Cardinals have Carp and Wainwright, and obviously right. two stud starters, but, 
you know, they may be able to get Holiday back, uh, Matt Holiday, uh, and of course Pujols, maybe the best hitter uh, we've seen. Right. And other than that, the lineup I don't think really scares anybody. Um, no. They have some good pitching, but I don't know that this lineup scares anybody. And we'll get back more to baseball on the other side of the break, but right now we got to take a few minutes off, and this is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on GCOB in the house. I'm Michael Warren. I'm joined this week by Elliot Shore Parks, uh, who's a contributor to GCOB.com, which we all suggest you check out. And just to, just to let you guys know, the people running this network in Arizona, 
we don't even want to talk to you guys right now. I don't think you understand the amount of snow coming our way right now out in Philly. Man, <laughs> it's going to be one of those. Go out and buy everything you got now. Everything you're going to need, you're going to be in all day Saturday. I thought you had the Sixers game tomorrow. It was a crazy scene in there. <laughs> I got good Sixers tickets for tomorrow. I mean, now, granted, they're not, not like those are tough to come by. Right, but, right. you know, I, I haven't been down there yet. I wanted to go check it out, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So if you want Sixers tickets. Uh, but you know what? That, that brings me <clears throat> to the Eagles this week. And it looks like uh, the last I saw, the snow is supposed to stop around 6 a.m. Sunday, uh, games at 1, and I don't know. I, I think everything's going to be cleared up by then, but it's going to be cold. And it doesn't really get that cold in San Fran. And so they're hosting the Niners this week. And if we want, we can look back to that Giants game briefly. Uh, Elliot, I don't know how much of that you saw. Uh, you know, as exciting as it was uh, to see Deshaun Jackson running all over the field, to watch Donovan throwing it everywhere, Donovan looks great. You know, you got Leonard Weaver involved and LaShawn McCoy and all these weapons, really, without two of their best weapons in Westbrook and, and Macklin. But, boy, you know, as excited as people have been around here, because the Eagles are playing well, you, they better pray that that defensive performance was an aberration. That was horrific. I mean, absolutely horrific. And if they play like that, I don't care. I don't care who they play in the playoffs. It's looking like now that they'll probably make it in. But, boy, was that awful. What did you think of that game? Did you come away off I mean, the or did you come away thinking, uh-oh, Oh, I mean, I mean, I think uh, G actually touched on it today on his website talking about the tackling. I mean, I, I don't know if it was mm. so much the defensive scheme. It was more just it seemed like every time they had to make a tackle, you know, they whiffed on it. Next thing you know, Team Nix is running 55 yards down the field. So, I mean, this week it, if they do that same thing against the Niners, especially in the snow, it could it can turn ugly real quick over at the link. Yeah, and it was just such a concern because it's late in the season. And, and, you know, I give Sean McDermott credit. You know, it's not really talked about, but at the beginning of the season, he was one of the question marks. Um, right. You've got a young defensive coordinator. He's never done it before. And so it's kind of like, uh-oh, well, yeah, that's part of what you don't know. He's been fine, especially considering all the injuries. But some no, of this definitely. stuff wasn't even the injuries. Did you? I mean, when Dominic Hickson ran past Sean, uh, Sean Jones, it's like he tried to – Tap him on the shoulder like he wanted to tell him a secret. <laughs> I, well, what are you doing? It was, right, it was right. so loud that you have to think that this can't be the norm. I mean, and now they're shuffling things up. It looks like Foku, they're going to mix him with, with Chris Gokong. Mm-hmm. Are you a Chris Gokong fan? To me, at linebacker, he's just a guy, and I don't blame him. That's not his thing. Right. These linebackers right. Well, let me are really bad. him out of college. You know, defensive end. They try to switch him over, and that's what you get. You get just another guy. He's not much of a playmaker. No, he's a guy that had twenty-two and a half sacks his senior year at Cal Poly or whatever it was. He had one double A fine. So you, you make him a linebacker and ask right. him to cover, which he's he's lousy at it. Put the guy's hand on the ground and send him. I think uh, G may have mentioned it today. He's a he's an outside linebacker in a three-four screen team. Mm-hmm. So. They're going to have to see what, what Foku can do. And it just seems that the Eagles play yet another great tight end this week in Vernon Davis. Uh, right. If you're playing fantasy football, you might want to get Vernon Davis in your lineup. <laughs> He's probably going to go off. Right. Um, and 
you know, was there anything else in that, in that Giants game last week that, that you, you liked or didn't like besides the officials who, who were pretty brutal? Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Michael Vick continues to emerge. It seems like down in the red zone, they're really starting to, uh, to utilize him, starting to solve some of those red zone problems. It even seems like he's passing it more. I mean, it's definitely something at the beginning of the year, it seemed more of a gimmick. He would come in, hand the ball off, nothing really happened. You had to wonder, do teams really game plan for him? And now, I mean, if I'm the 49ers, after what I've seen in the last two weeks, I think you have to you have to game plan for it. You have to think, what's he going to do with the ball in his hands, which is why the Eagles signed him. Yeah, you feel, like you, watch that game, you feel like you're watching that game last week and you think, this is what we thought you were going to do from the beginning. Right, right, exactly. So, I mean, you know, he, he takes the ball in the shotgun. I think it was first and five at the goal line. And he, he makes it around the corner to get, you know, he's diving. It seemed like in the beginning of the year, the speed wasn't there, one hit, and he was down. So you can definitely see he's getting his football legs back underneath him. He is getting better, but I, I don't think he's ever going to be himself again in terms of running. I mean, I think that, you know, once I saw him break free in the Chicago game and get caught right. by just about everybody and their mother, I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I don't think he's ever going to be that fast again. That doesn't say he can't play. I mean, he was no. just on a different planet as everybody else running a, a while ago, and I just I don't know that that's ever going to be the case again. But uh, they, they are starting to use him the way everybody thought Andy Reid would use him. I mean, the, the, the flips back to Donovan and then throwing the ball back, that's, yeah, if you're going to have Vic out there, do that. Don't give me this third and one garbage. He's not a short right. yardage back. I mean, he's made it work a little bit, and he's getting better. But, you know, we'll see how, how he emerges as a weapon for this Eagles team as they, as they head toward the playoffs. Now, with the Niners coming in, you know, this is one of those, and this is why when the, everyone gets so excited when the schedule comes out. Like, oh, let's look at the schedule and know this is a win. This is, a, this is why you can't do that. Right. Because yeah. it looked like an easy win. You know, right. and, and the Niners still aren't on the Eagles' level, but they're capable of beating them. And it, the Niners have a decent defense. They really have a decent defense under Singletary. And if anybody in Philadelphia doesn't know who Patrick Willis is, you're about to find out. This guy right. is and a tackling machine. And the That's Niners actually are, are better than the record indicates. Uh, I mean, I think this year it seems like every game they're in, they, they barely lost. I was, I was looking online, it seems they've lost, of, of their seven games, they've lost six by seven points or fewer. So they're in games, right. I mean, and until this season, those are the type of games the Eagles lose. So this is definitely not a gimme game we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. It's not a gimme game. It's, it looked like, you know, you look at that schedule early on, Hey, we got the Niners. Got the Niners and Broncos back to back. All right, right. We'll probably use a pair right. of wins toward the end of the year. And now right. it's funny because now that Broncos game looked went from being an easy win, from being to oh man, I'm not looking forward to that one. Back to probably a winnable game uh, right. because the Broncos. I don't know if anyone can put their finger on them. It's still Kyle no. Orton, but they can come out and they are. They can be tough at times. Their defense plays well. Uh, are, are you worried about the Broncos at all in terms of, you know, Dawkins coming back and everybody being hyped up? Well, I think, like you said, at the beginning of the year, they come out like gangbusters. I think they moved to, what, 6-7-0. and oh. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're fighting for their lives. I mean, it seems like every week they, they either lose or it's falling another close game. I mean, you have to worry about the way the defensive are playing. Brandon Marshall coming off, what, 21 catches he had last week? So they're definitely going to solve some problems. I mean, no Sean Moreno, the return of Krell Buckholter, which no one seems to be talking about, but he's, a, he's, he's been pretty successful up in Denver. So, you, I mean, yeah, you definitely have to worry about that game. 
So. Yeah, and then going back to the Niners, it's funny because uh, and I'll be the first one to tell you I thought he was being stupid about it. I, I thought I was wondering what he was doing. I'll tell you what, Michael Crabtree looks like he's worth the wait. This yeah, kid oh, looks yeah. like he can play. Right. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely going to cause some uh, some problems for the secondary this, this this week. And my favorite part too, and I don't like to pile on the Raiders. I'm not trying to, but <laughs> Darius Hayward Bay really. Right, really? that hasn't worked so, out so far. <laughs> oh, God, he's terrible. I mean, the Raiders are bad, and it's it's a shame. I kind of enjoy watching them because they do have some players like Namdi Asimov. I really like Shane Leckler a lot. They have a lot of good players. But you take Darius Hayward Bay seventh overall. I mean, the Giants were looking at him slipping to them in the low 30s. Right, and right. So you go take him. You passed on Crabtree. You passed on Macklin. You passed on Percy Harvin, Hakeem Nix, Kenny Britt. All these guys look like they can play. Uh, and then Jamarcus Russell benched again this week. So it's, it's, it's rough to be a Raiders fan right now, especially on draft day. And, and let's touch that touch base on that before we, we head to break in a little bit. Uh, Jamarcus Russell benched again in favor of Charlie Fry. Charlie yeah. Fry was so good that two years ago he was traded after one game by the Browns. <laughs> you don't see that. You don't, see, right. you, don't, you don't go out and you play opening day and get traded the next day. That's what happened to Charlie Fry in 07. And Derek Anderson turned out to have a good season, but he's a fraud anyway. And he's now, now, he now starting over Jamarcus Russell, who is essentially third on the depth chart now. Right. Because Gretkowski's not playing because he's hurt. Now, okay, you're Al Davis, Elliot. What do you do with Jamarcus? Do you, do you cut ties after this year? Or you say, I've got too much invested in him. Matt, I think I think at a certain point you just have to decide you're going to go with him for a season and see what happens. It seems like they're yanking him in and out of the lineup. But also, whenever he's in there, he's not doing anything. That's a lot of money. So I think I think you maybe give him one more year, and if not, then at that point you have to let him go. Just, it's not working out. Yeah, and it's not just it's not just that he goes in and stinks up the joint. You know that, but it's it's his it's inexplicable. I can't wrap my brain around how he justifies it to everybody. Hey, uh, Jamarcus, how's Bruce playing in there? Well, guys are making plays around him. Right. All right. You know, oh, you know they make plays for him, but not for me. Right. Uh, you know, you know I, I, I played fun. It's not all my fault. You think it's all my fault? Yeah. No, it's a lot of you, Jamarcus. It's right. a lot I mean, of you. I, I don't know how you have a leader. Would you ever turn your football team over to this guy? No, no. I mean, he, he casts the blame off everywhere. And it's, it's not just the numbers that are bad. I mean, you look at the numbers, and they're like, like worst quarterback ranking in the league. But it's just some of the throws you watch him make that are 10, 15 yards over the receiver's head or, you know, 10, 15 yards out of bounds. It's just you, you look at him, you're thinking, where was all this? Like, why did they draft him? At LSU, he was great. And all of a sudden, he comes in the league, and it just shows what inexact science drafting quarterbacks is. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, essentially drafting anybody. You know, you and I would have just as good a chance if we looked at mock drafts. You know, right, especially if we were with the Raiders. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They ended up with Jamarcus and Darius Hayward Bay, and oh, you look yeah. at you look at their draft. Can't do much work in that. Rob, Robert Gallery, what's he been up to? He still started. Well, you know what? The good, he's actually Gallery's actually been good as a guard, but you don't draft guards second overall. He's actually turned right. into a good guard once they moved him inside. But no, he was a bust as a tackle. And we'll get back to more football and baseball stuff on the other side. we got to take a break. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. It's all about action. Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball. Off the glass. Football. Come on. Golf. Racing. Or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Tune in to the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, everybody, we're back. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and I'm joined by Elliot Short Park of GCobb.com. And we were talking to baseball. Phillies certainly have a lot going on. We talked to little Eagles uh, who are in the driver's seat uh, in, in what's become a very, very competitive division. So, you know what? Let's look at the division. Let's, what do we got here? You know, Redskins, eh, we can talk about them if we want. Maybe, maybe a little later. <laughs> <laughs> but this has become a very, very tight division. And I, I got to tell you, first of all, I don't. I think the media is a little quick to jump in with, oh, here goes the Cowboys' uh, annual nosedive. Yes, they've right. done this for several years. You lost to a division opponent on the road. You lost to, you know, Chargers. one of the hottest teams in football. Now they play one of the better, best teams in football in the Saints this Saturday night. I don't know if it's entirely fair. I don't think they're playing that poorly. And yeah, I think the Eagles are those... staring down the battle, the barrel of playing them twice in a row. You know, what's your take on the Cowboys right now, Elliot? Well, I think it's like you were saying. I don't think it's, they're playing bad. They're just running into hot teams at the wrong time. And then 
And then so it's easy to jump on and say, oh, here goes another December for the Cowboys. But you look, and as much as it pains me to say, Tony Romo hasn't been playing that bad. I mean, it doesn't seem like the defense last week only gave up, you know, not a lot of points to the Chargers, one of the hottest teams in the league. So, I mean, could they go into New Orleans and beat the Saints? I mean, they've been playing well enough that it could. They've just been getting some bad breaks in their last few games. And you look at the Eagles, they barely beat the Giants on the road. So it's not like Cowboys have been getting blown out in any of their games. No, and I think the media has just been dying. They've been dying for the Cowboys to lose in December. Oh, December swoon. (laughs) And you know what? I actually think the Cowboys win tomorrow night. I actually do, and this is something else I want to talk about. Um, Gene and I were talking about this uh, this week. The Saints have, uh, earlier on, it kind of reminds me of 2007 with the Patriots. Remember earlier on, it was, I mean, a laughing stock. They were destroying people so bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made, it made people want to quit playing football ever again. And right. the Saints were destroying people early. They're not destroying people right now. They squeaked no, by not. the Redskins. They squeaked by, who was it last week? Was the Falcons with Chris Redden? Falcons. Are you kidding me? Right. They're terrible. The team the Eagles destroyed the week before. Then they, you know what I mean? Then they barely beat them. So what's your take on the Saints? Because I'll tell you right now, uh, I think the Vikings are the better team. They get Antoine Winfield back. they got that nasty defensive line. Their defense is just much better than the Saints. And their offense is obviously more than capable. I like the Vikings better. I think the Saints could be headed for trouble. What do you think? Well, I agree. I mean, the Vikings, you definitely look at them. I mean, quarterback that has been in way more playoff games than Drew Brees. Granted, over the last few years when he's played in the playoffs, he hasn't been that hot. I mean, uh-huh. a running back and, you know, a solid running back, one of the best defensive lines. But, as like you were saying before, I mean, New Orleans at home, I just think that's, that's a tough environment to go into. And it seems like every time people start to question the Saints, um, like you look at the time where they played the Patriots in, in, uh, in New Orleans and just blew them out of the water. I, I really see that happening tomorrow night. I think every time... Saints, someone starts to question them, then they get in that dome, the fans get behind them. I mean, that's a powerful, powerful team. I don't know if I see anybody going in there and beating them, even the Vikings. Really? You still like the Saints that much, huh? To be honest, I, I, I mean, I do. I just think that at home with Drew Brees, I, 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 I don't think anybody can beat them. No hey, they haven't lost so all year. It's not like you're being ridiculous. I mean, they haven't lost, right, I mean, yeah, they haven't all lost so far. But. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm also, gonna, we're on record, Elliot. We're on record. I'm taking the Cowboys. You taking the Saints? I'm taking the Saints. I, I'm also not as big a Vikings fan as everybody else is. I, I think they're overrated slightly. I think if the Eagles go in there second week of the playoffs, I'm, I'm taking the Eagles. I mean, I, I don't what, think the Vikings really have it as much as people think. What concerns you about the Vikings? I mean, they got the line. You look at McKinney and Hutchinson. And uh, this rookie, Phil Lodehole, at right tackle, can play. Um, Adrian Peterson, a little bit of a down year. You know what concerns me about him? And I was listening to WIP today, and uh, McNall and Ruben Frank were talking about, you know, who would you rather have, Peterson or Chris Johnson? And Ruben said, Chris Johnson, absolutely. And Mac, Glenn McNall says, no way, I'm taking Adrian Peterson. To me, the difference, this is what bugs me about Adrian Peterson, phenomenal running back, not knocking him. He puts the ball on the carpet. He does. Does and also that, I think this year you, you can this year uh, the product of his down year might be more just Brett Favre. I mean he doesn't the numbers aren't there, but the Vikings are also throwing it way more. I mean Chris Johnson, you look he's he's the feature player on that offense, and you can't say that about Adrian Peterson anymore. Brett Favre is what makes that offense go this year. 
Well, I, I do believe it is a combination, um, and that Peterson helps Favre because he helps take some weight off of his shoulder, and vice versa. Uh, and and the the, uh, the X factor in all that, Sidney Rice, he's been phenomenal. Oh yeah, right. And when he he gives you such, just one other thing to worry about, um, I, I'm not a huge look. Favre's great, fine. I can't stand him. I'm so sick yeah. of hearing about this guy. Right. But even I, I can't knock him. He's only got like what six picks this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's an yeah, insanely then, low number. Well, but also, I mean, last few years, he's had these great regular seasons. You look at his last year with the Packers, he was lights out. And then in the playoffs, what happened? Again, he's throwing the ball up. So we'll see. I mean, really, the regular season is not where he has to prove it. I want to see what he's going to do in the playoffs this year. True. He he is known for making that one pick where you're like, dude, you're yeah. great and all, but if you could not right. do that, we'd really appreciate it. I mean, he's ended the Packers season twice. Uh, right. Just off the top of my head, remember he threw up that that punt to uh, Brian Dawkins in the in the Freddie Mitchell fourth and twenty six game, and then right. you know uh, Lawrence Tynes misses two field goals. All right, you can't do that. I'm going to make you pay, and then he throws it right to Corey Webster in two thousand the NFC Championship game, handed them that right. game. That's killer stuff. You can't mm-hmm. do that, and so far, Thorpe so hasn't. Uh, but like you said, we'll see what happens. You know, if he's trying to make that extra play in the playoffs. Uh, right now, to me, they look like the best team in the NFC. The Saints defense concerns me a little bit. Um, but, man, that offense is high-flying. I can't bet against Drew Brees. Um, he is playing as well or better than anybody in football right now. Uh, but you'd rather you'd rather play the, Sa- the Vikings than the Saints, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at if the you're Eagles the Eagles. last I mean, yeah, last year they go into Minnesota and they beat them. Granted, it's a different team this year, but I'm not sold on Brett Favre. I mean... Seems like the Eagles' offense is better this year. I mean, I, I'm just I'm I'm not as sold. I, I watch I watch the Vikings play. And I don't get that same feeling that I do when I watch the Saints. Of this is just a juggernaut, you know. I mean, but one player no, that I, could uh, cause problems is Sante Shanko. Where, where he's got how many touchdowns this year? Eight or nine touchdowns, and the Eagles struggle against tight ends anyway. So that well, could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Put, you know, put Dan Campbell against the Eagles. He's probably going to get his. Uh, and, it, <laughs> right. and the team we don't—I shouldn't say the Eagles shouldn't worry about, but it's not on the radar the way uh, the Saints and Vikings are. It's somebody out of the West. I, you know, the Cardinals are going to win that division, as far as I'm concerned. Right. But you know, just when you think, "Boy, look out for the Cardinals," they go throw in a clunker, and they against, just yeah against the team the Eagles are playing this weekend. So we'll re- we'll really get to see who you know who's better, the Eagles or the Cardinals, in terms of how they can handle their opponents. Yeah, and now you got a banged-up Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, the Cardinals are just and, – and they're in a lousy division. Uh, you know, the fact that they haven't sealed that up already should tell you something, too. The Niners are getting better, but the Seahawks are frauds. I mean, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know what their deal is. Uh, it's The Rams, I mean, oh, boy. <laughs> right. Steve Spagnoli, you got to feel for him down there. I do, and I think he does a good job, but they just don't right. have any players. They've got nobody. You know, they don't really have a quarterback. they got Kyle Bowler out there. And what's the other guy's name they just put in there? Keith, um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he stinks. He stinks. Right, that's one place you might have to look that if the season doesn't turn out, Donovan McNabb might end up next year. I mean, there's Steve Spagnuolo connection. They're dying for a quarterback. I mean, if, if they yeah. decide to go that route, then you, you put McNabb with uh, Steven Jackson, they could be okay again. Yeah, and I got I tell you, I got big problems with that. The idea that you know if they don't get so far, you got to get rid of Donovan. And I've made this case on this show so many times. 
there was a time when Elway would never win. He's never right. going to win it. Get rid of Elway. He's never going to win it. Mm-hmm. And what happens? And the same thing they say about Andy Reid. They said about Bill Cowher for years in Pittsburgh. He's never going to win it. He can't win. He can't win it. And the Steelers stuck with him, and they won it. This whole idea. I mean, okay, right now, when you have Donovan McNabb, you're a Super Bowl contending team. Right. You're gonna, do you think this is a Super Bowl contending team with Kevin Cobb? I'm not saying Kevin Cobb can't play. He proved he could play a little bit. I mean, bad teams that he played, that's fine. Uh, I can't, I don't think I can be sold on the notion that this is a, a Super Bowl contending team with Kevin Cobb. Well, where do you stand on the Andy Reid extension? How do you feel? Do you think that was a good move? I'm fine with it, yeah. Um, yeah. As much as people knock him, he does too many things well. I mean, yes, he's always going to do the frustrating things. He's always going to blow timeouts. He's always going to abuse right. challenges, uh, mismanage games. He's going to get into the pass-happy ratio. But here's my, th- here's my take on it. All the people that want Andy gone, careful what you wish for. That's my oh, thing. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. You know, you want to get rid of Andy? Okay, fine. What are you bringing in? And right. I, I'm not sold on Shanahan. Yeah, he won Super Bowls when he had John Elway. He didn't do anything after he left. You know, right. Holmgren, you know, won a Super Bowl 14 years ago. You know, and, yeah. and he had Reggie White and Brett Favre. I mean, just to say this other coach is going to come in, just because he won before, doesn't mean he's going to come in and make you a winner. Not to say he can't. I just think you have to be careful what you wish for. I mean, did you want Andy gone, or are you glad they kept him around? Well, I just I feel that, you know, fans, the main reason – Fans want to change is because they're tired of coming up short. And I just think that if you're going to talk about the product on the field and which, chance, which team gives you a better chance to win the Super Bowl, Kevin Cobb with Andy Reid as a coach or McNabb on the field with a different coach, and I, I think the answer is McNabb. I think, you know, we'll win games this league as a quarterback. And I, like you said, I don't think Kevin Cobb's ready to do it. But I could see another coach coming in here, maybe, you know, a la John Gruden in, first or one, in his first year, maybe coming in and winning it. Maybe not having a long-term success Andy Reid did, but I think if, if fans want to change, you know, I don't think getting rid of Donovan's what, what, what you need. I think then if you're going to go for a quick fix, I think Reid's the guy you, you're going to have to get rid of. And, and I, could, uh, I can agree with that, too. And I think either way, no matter what they do, because to everyone, the people that say, I want Andy and Donovan gone, you can't do that. It's one or the other. You've right. gotta only, you, only, you can only affect one variable at a time to find out what's not working. And to me, I would hate to see Andy go, but Donovan, he's a premier talent. It's not easy to get. And we'll come back for our final segment right after this. This is G-Cop in the house. We're on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you in a few. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports if you're a fantasy football lover you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial even if you're not this could be for you butts and butts along with former nfl linebacker sean barber have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football that's right suicide fantasy football is now available go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details you'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win twenty five thousand dollars suicide fantasy football is just like 
like the game you know and love with a little twist. There's no draft. You select a lineup every week, and just about every starter from an NFL team is available to you. The catch is, you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady to Moss for the first week. Save McNabb Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team, and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks, no waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. We're back. G-Cobb in the house uh, on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren, and I'm joined this week by Elliot Shore Parks, who is a contributor to GCOB.com. And we're about to do something we really don't want to do. Uh, it's going to probably bring everybody down, and I'm not talking about shoveling snow. We're going to talk about the Sixers. That might be a little worse. Now, Elliot, I'm curious to get your take. Here's my problem with the Sixers as currently constructed. They have, oh, God, it's making my brain hurt just starting. I'm going to get to this segment. Um, they have a coach in Eddie Jordan who has a Princeton-style offense. A lot right. of ball movement, it's a lot of passing, it's a lot of shooting. Now, you take that concept, and now let's take a look at the roster. Tell me what passers and shooters you see on this roster. This is a well, team. Alan, I- I- Alan Iverson, he's, he's quite the passer. He, <laughs> he's both. He's a pure jump shooter, too. There might yeah, be a yeah. lot of Terry Porter in his prime. Um, right, right. <laughs> they're, they're not a bunch of scrubs. Let's get that out of the way. But what they are is a bunch of athletes. Andre Iguodala, to me, is an incredible athlete, and he's more of an athlete than a basketball player, if that makes any sense. Um, right. you know, this team needs to defend and run. 
Defend, rebound, run. That's what they're built to do. So now you have Eddie Jordan in here trying to install a system that they probably couldn't care less to run. Right. It doesn't fit any of the players. You bring in Iverson, and it's like, all right, just go ahead, because it doesn't matter. It's a free-for-all here anyway. Um, it's fun to watch when they're, when they're defending and running. They're actually fun to watch. It's not championship basketball. It's fun no. to watch, at least something. And then you bring in a guy like Elton Brand, who can't run. He's a half-court guy who, as my buddy Perry, who was on here a couple weeks ago, said, uh, you know, Elton Brand's new move is the five pump fakes in a row and then travel. <laughs> and that's not really far off base. Right. You watch him and you're just thinking, oh, 80 million. No. What's, what's, what do you see, Elliot? What's your problem with the Sixers? I mean, you look at the Sixers, and like you said, they have talent. But the problem with that talent is, I mean, Andre Guadala getting paid franchise money, not a franchise player. He's, nope. he's in so many different roles he doesn't belong in. He's not a shooter. He's not a franchise player. He's not someone that can carry a team. I mean, you look at Elton Brand, they pay him franchise money coming off of, you know, a knee injury, which you can debate he ever really has gotten over. He's not a franchise player. So you have all these nope. different players. I mean, Lewis Williams you commit money to. He's not a starting point guard. That don't fulfill the role that they've paid them to play. Oh, gosh. We get to put the rope down. You, uh, you started me into a long string of depression just even numerating all the things right. that are wrong with this team. And the problem is, and you had mentioned this on gcob.com, Mr. Stefanski, uh, that here's the thing with the NBA. Um, you can't afford to be wrong. When, right. you know, the NFL, you can get away with it a little bit. When you try and, uh, we'll use the example of Todd Pinkston. Maybe that's not the perfect example. They went to him early in 2002, and, they, you know, he was doing some things. They gave him a contract extension. Eh, not totally worth it. But he's not nearly as bad as everyone makes him out to be. It didn't hamstring the franchise. When you signed Samuel D'Alembert to a six-year, $60 million deal in the NBA, you're screwed. You've hamstrung yourself. Right. And you did that with Iguodala. And you said, you, you know, you did that with Lou Williams. And you did that with Elton Brand. Nobody's going to trade for these guys. Nobody. As, as, bad, as bad of a contract that D'Alembert is, I mean, right now you're another GM for a team. Who are you trading for? Another year and a half of Samuel Dallenbear, who, granted, he, I mean, he's not, he's not the most skilled player, but he's athletic, he's tall, he blocks some shots. Or are you signing up for another five years, $15 million of Elton Brand? I mean, people love to rip on Dallenbear, but, I mean, I granted, I bet every team would rather have him right now in his contract than Elton Brand. I mean, you're pretty much playing $15 million to come off the bench. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I would probably rather, especially for this team, D'Alembert fits this team way better than Elton Brand does. Elton right. Brand is a contract nightmare. Unless, yeah. unless you really think he fits your system somewhere. You know, right. yes, yeah, Sammy Deal blocks some shots, he will, and there's times when you go, boy, this guy could really be an asset somewhere. And then... I mean, you, you look at the other centers in the East. What, what true centers really are there anymore? I mean, compared to some other people... They're trotting out there. You look at Dallenberry, he's not as bad as people make him out to be. No, well, and part of that's because there's so few seven-footers, like true right. centers. Right. He has that true size, and he can run, and he can block some shots. But, you know, when he comes down the floor with three seconds off the shot clock right. and just, like, throws up this baseline run, I'm like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> biggest problem is he doesn't know what he can and can't do. So yeah. he ends up taking these stupid shots. They're like, whoa, dude. You know, it's like when you're out playing street ball with some guys and you get that guy on your team. And you're like, are you serious? You can't do that. Stop it. Right. I mean, the Sixers have put themselves in a place where, as bad as they are, like what, third worst team in the record, third worst record in the league, you have to trade your most valuable assets right now and just tank even farther. I mean, Iguodala, you look at him, he's making more money, but you have to trade him. Like, it's the only piece you have that you could possibly try to improve your franchise with. You know, trade him for an expiring contract. Get under the... Get under the cap this summer. You know, you look at all the free agents that are coming. I mean, who's going to want? Granted, who's going to want to come sign here? But at least you're playing in the game as opposed to sitting back and you know watching all these other teams improve themselves. Yeah, I think LeBron's on his way. That's probably safe to say. Yeah, yeah, sure. He, <laughs> he has always wanted to play with Elton Brand and Lou Williams and Willie Green. I mean, he is a he is a big time admirer of Willie Green. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you do look, and they do have some talent. You got a guy like Capone that can shoot, but how long is he going to play for you? Right. And then you add Allen Iverson to the mix. You almost can't get angry that they've added Allen because a they're not winning with him anyway. It's not affecting right. their lottery pick, right. and nobody else is playing the right way within the system anyway. You know what difference does it make? Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, if you're going to lose, you might as well lose with maybe an extra two thousand people in the stands. I mean, you know, <laughs> no one. And I don't know if they. I don't know if they saw that coming. But they had, you know, they, they, they sign him, they bring him in, and that place was packed. That was a oh, tough yeah. ticket to get. And then right. it was almost as soon as that game was over, the next game it went back to being exactly the way it was yeah. before. Right. No, I mean, I, I, was at, I was at the game. Yeah, like, when he, when he got introduced, the place was electric. Like, I, I've, I've been to a few games uh, this year before he was there, and you couldn't compare it. And it seemed like even at halftime, you know, it was done already. People were people were tired of it. You could just feel the energy was almost sucked out of the building. <laughs> yeah, because he, he can't do what he used to, um, right. and everybody knew that. You know, I I, I don't know. I mean, it, he's just it, it's just it's kind of it's kind of pathetic to sit and watch. I mean, you know, he is he adding that much entertainment value? Is he helping the team? The answer is really no all around, and and we kind of already went over it. This is a team that. They're just poorly constructed. They got the wrong coach. They got the wrong this and that. So right. you know, I want you to enjoy watching them just be the disaster that they are this year. And right. uh, well, that pretty much does it for us. We've we covered the Phillies. We covered the Sixers and the Eagles, and you know, sadly covered the Sixers. But Elliot, I want to thank you for coming on with me this week. This is G Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Everybody, have a good holiday and have a good safe weekend. And we'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.